On today's episode, we discuss the latest in the Leafs GM search and debate whether Brad Trilliving is truly an upgrade over Kyle Dubas. All that more coming up on the Lockdown Leafs podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the May 25th edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano from TSN, also with my guy, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet. What's going on, Dave? How you doing today? Oh, doing all right. You know, getting over the, the I, I don't even call it the hangover. I'm going to call it like the rat hangover from watching, just, just trying to, the disbelief in my eyes to see that. The Florida Panthers are off to the Stanley Cup final. Just I know. It, it truly is just like uh, the team of destiny this year. Like they if if Pittsburgh wins that that game against Chicago, their final game, they're not even in this playoffs. Yet here they are. They've gone on the Cinderella run and now they are in the Stanley Cup final after beating the Hurricanes 4-3 last night. Um it was it was actually like a really good game last night. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I'm curious, like, you know, when you look at the Con Smythe and you think about who the runner up should be, I'm 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 somewhat torn because on one hand, yes, it should be Sergei Bobrovsky, one hundred percent. But then you look at what Matt Kachuk has been able to do throughout these playoffs, like Talk about the clutch gene with that guy, like the amount of game-winning goals he's had. And again, last night, getting the game-winning goal with time expiring, just somehow has the wherewithal to not panic, make some move to get around the goalie and make sure he gets it up and in uh, with four seconds left in the game to ice it for his team to go up 4-3 and win the game. It was just unbelievable, just such an amazing move for him to make that. And he's, you know, not, not too far behind. I would say like, Bobrovsky's definitely my front runner at this point, but Kachuk isn't that far behind. No, he's not. Like I, I was thinking about this, just watching that game. And I was talking with some colleagues of mine and just, he scores to start the game. And we're just like, of course, like who else is going to score for the Panthers, right? Who's been doing it all pretty much this whole this entire playoffs and it has been Matthew Kachuk and then with just that like last bit of uh of the third pier where they get that power play we're just like uh, let's keep an eye on Matthew Kachuk here like we you kind of know that he's the one that's going to step up in the situation because he's been doing it all series like was the third game winning goal in this series for Matthew Kachuk like I don't remember the last time I've seen a performance like this in a series from one player and like we're not bringing up the consummate just because of what he's done in this series we've done it because of what he's done throughout the playoffs you think back to the boston series what he you know he scored some big goals there 
And then against the Leafs, you know, he didn't have his best series, maybe points wise, but uh, he was definitely a factor. That's for sure. Well, game one, we were sitting there shaking in our boots over what that guy was was doing. Remember, we were yeah. talking about this, like this, we got a Kachuk problem. And hey, kudos to, to, to Sheldon Keefe and then the Leafs did a pretty good job of keeping him off the board. The problem is that other guy that we talked about, Sergei Bobrovsky, uh, he got into one and it was impossible to beat that guy. Like, you know, yesterday was the first time in nine games that a team was able to put three past Bobs, but it was three and three only, right? Like yeah. that was it. They got to three, three goals. Carolina did. And Bobrovsky was like, all right, that's it. No more. And, uh, you know, Kachuk Enzo four seconds left. He's up to 21 points so far through these, uh, through these playoffs. Uh, Mac Kachuk has so uh, it's pretty incredible he ended up with four goals and an assist in that uh, in that series against Carolina three of which game winners two coming in overtime the other coming in with four seconds left in regulation so it's just like Matthew to clutch was something I saw trending last night on Twitter and I mean yeah it's it's so true and it's now the fourth time in five years, Dave, where the Maple Leafs were eliminated by the team that eventually went on to win the Eastern Conference Championship and go off to the Stanley Cup final. Like, what is it about the Maple Leafs that makes them hockey's version of good luck, Chuck? It just doesn't make any sense. You, you eliminate the Leafs, you win the Eastern crown. That just seems to be what happens every single year here. I think the one time that it didn't happen was in the bubble. Yeah, Columbus. Yeah, like when Columbus didn't move on, but Columbus also went on to face the Tampa Bay Lightning in the second round of that year. Um, Technically, it wasn't even the playoffs. It was the play-in round. So, like, if if you do away, if that season, if you just, like, cancel that one, it'd be four straight times. And that's just... It's just loony. It just and it, it's it feels the belief from a lot of people that said that if the Leafs, like the talk was, if the Leafs got past round one, they could go all the way because they see every team that beats them go to the final. And I mean, finally, the Leafs get out of round one. Round two comes along and says, "We are going to stop you right here." And what happens? The team that that beats them in round two goes to the final. It, it, it's just crazy to think that just the luck, the lack of luck they have. Well, I wonder how much that's gone into the mindset to to always bring the band back and always have belief in this team and belief in this core. It's like, you know, they they've gone to game seven against all, you know, most of these teams. They've been right there knocking on the door. We've heard all of those same phrases that get used every single year, except this year, I might add. Like, how much do you think that does go into the belief that they have in this group? The fact that yeah, they've, they've lost out in round one every single year, round two this season, I suppose. But it seems as though they're losing to some pretty damn good teams because they're going on to the Stanley Cup final each and every year. I mean, it's obviously frustrating um, because I, I would say that. But, yeah, I think I can understand, you know, after maybe the second, third time you can have that belief. Well, it's seven times that you lose in the playoffs and four of the seven, the team or like the four straight, the, the team goes to the final. It's just like maybe you just weren't good enough and something needs to change. And that's what we've been talking about the last ever since the Leafs were eliminated. Maybe something needs to change because you look at Florida. They may. I mean, 
again, I, I don't like always bringing it up because Matthew Kachuk kind of fell in their lap a little bit there. Yeah. Um, but you look at other teams that sort of reinvent themselves in some way. Like, look at Carolina right now. This is actually another season where they felt short of expectation because they were supposed to go to the cup final. Um, do they run back their core, what they've done, right? And also funny stat is this is the third straight time that they've been swept in the Easter Conference final. Uh, I saw that popping up last night, too. Really. Rob Brendamore says they didn't get swept. If you oh, watch yes. the games, it was not a sweep. Okay. They they got beat four times through the first four games, but he wouldn't classify it as a sweep, whatever that means. Because the games could have gone either way. Well, they didn't go your way. You lost. Like and nobody's like I like I understand where Rod's coming from here. Like they could have easily won the, the games in overtime, but they didn't. Like Rod. Rod the Bod was sounding very Keith-like in a lot of these press conferences after games, talking about the amount of chances they had, hit a couple posts. You know, if we had a couple more power plays, like it was very, very Keith-esque the way that Rod was speaking about uh, the losses that were piling up against the Carolina or against the the Florida Panthers. I did think it was kind of funny listening to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, hats off and congrats to, to the Panthers. It, it just seems as though this is their year, man. Like it, it's, it, it took literally a miracle loss by the Pittsburgh Penguins to the Chicago Blackhawks for this team to even get into the playoffs. They basically lucked into it. And before that, it took a, a run from Alex Lyon, who the hell even knew who the Lion King was prior to, uh, prior to March. And he goes on this amazing run and gets this. These fans know Alex Lyon pretty well. <laughs> well, I mean, that's where it all started. Technically, yeah. was was that game against Toronto where the Lion King came up huge, and then he went on to to win a whole bunch of games, got them into the playoffs, and then you know, game before they say, "Okay, thank you for coming out. We're going to go back to Bobrovsky here," and they did. And the first game didn't go well, but since then, this guy's been unbelievable unfreaking believable um quite literally like having the greatest stretch of hockey uh according to the underlying numbers than any goaltender has has ever had through a nine game stretch regular season playoffs whatever it be like the guy's save percentage heading into last night was like 958 like it was it was ridiculous what he'd been doing in the last eight games here um and now nine games where he's eight and one in these games with the one being a two, one loss couldn't have got him an extra goal, I guess is, is the way you can look at it for Florida. Um, but it's very impressive. Very, very impressive. And whether it's Vegas or Dallas, who they meet in the cup final, I mean, the Panthers got a shot, man. They, they just, they find ways to win and, you know, we'll see Vegas has a chance to also get the sweep tonight. We could have both sweeps in the conference finals which would just be madness. Um, But, hey, it could happen. So we'll see tonight. All right, Dave, let's take a quick break. On the other side, there's uh, an update on, well, both fronts, the Maple Leafs GM front and also the Kyle Dubas front. So we'll get to some of that news on the other side, and we'll decide, you know, is Brad Trilliving really an upgrade over Kyle Dubas? We'll discuss all that. But first – a word from our show sponsor. 
Yep. Today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. It is a product that I'm using to start the summertime because not only comfortable for you, but they're very, very versatile coming in many, many different uh, different styles. If you want to wear khakis, they got khakis. You want to wear some shorts for you know the meetings or golf, they got that as well. They got so many different styles, so much versatility. You, you got to go out and try them. Their stretchy fabric make even my legs look great, and they're comfier than my other shorts and pants. They give me freedom to wear one pair for whatever occasion I have. You know, people like Bert Kreischer wake up in Lake House wearing bird dogs, goes for a swim, smokes a cigar, grills burgers, and chills with his family. All in the shorts he associates with the summers, and that is bird dogs. So go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL. When you enter the promo code LockedOnNHL, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. So make sure you go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL and use the promo code LockedOnNHL for that offer this summer. Welcome back into the Locked On These podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. We are a daily Maple Leaf centric podcast. We put out new videos and new podcasts each weekday, Monday through Friday. And so if you're not subscribed already, we ask, please do. Uh, that'd be greatly appreciated. Leave a little thumbs up on the video here for watching on YouTube and make sure that you come back uh, each and every day for the latest in what's happening in Leafland. And, uh, you know, the, the latest in Leafland uh, right now when it comes to the general manager search is essentially, this is what I'm getting, Dave. It, it seems as though Brad Tree Living, the general manager position is, is his to lose. He is in Toronto and is expected to speak uh, with the Maple Leafs as soon as possible here. But it does seem as though it's pretty much Brad Tree Living is option, uh, you know, the, the, the top option and al- almost like the only option right now because there's not a lot of other names that, that we've heard it's it truly the sentiment that we're getting here from a lot of the insiders and reports that we're seeing is that it's it's brad trilliving's job to lose here yeah we were talking about it in the discord a little bit when people were seeing that and it's like quite an extensive search here from the leafs like we talked about how this was going to be you know they were going to have a pretty wide search try to look at different names and yeah we've literally only heard one name being interviewed for the job and it, it makes me think of two things. One, like, is this just, you know, he's the one available. He's the one that everyone's connecting the dots to because of the fit. Or is there somebody that the Leafs are looking at and is, they're just waiting for permission to talk to? Like, no, it doesn't necessarily have to be someone in the, uh, you know, in the playoffs right now. It could be somebody that they have to reach out to and talk to. Are you right. referring to somebody who may or may not be in the Blues organization, Dave? I, I might be. Um, I even heard, uh, yeah, Mr. Uh, is this uh, Armstrong? Mr. Armstrong, is this you on the phone here? Oh, we have to talk to your boss first before we can talk to you. I was listening to that, um, the comments about the Doug Armstrong and, you know, why would the Blues owner do this and things like that. I mean, if Doug Armstrong has any inkling of wanting to do this, if you're the blues owner, wouldn't you like he's done like I understand you don't want to lose a good GM, but if he has any desire to do it, do you like do you want to be the one that says no? I guess. Yes. But, like if I was the owner, yes. I yes, would. 
but like if let's say Doug Armstrong goes to you and says, I really want to do this. Like that that's a little bit of an awkward conversation to be like, yeah, but no. <laughs> well, I mean that that's that's what I would do. Like, why would I? I mean, if I'm St. Louis Blues, I've been very happy with what Doug Armstrong has done oh, yeah. for me. And then I would like him to continue to man the ship there in St. Louis, especially as they're kind of going through a little bit of a quick retool here. Like they traded away a couple of guys and are looking to try and build uh, going forward and, and get back onto the, you know, onto the playoff scene here. I, I would prefer to have Doug Armstrong at the helm to do all of that. I, I know that he's, you know, a Toronto guy and I'm sure he he's always, you know, looked at that uh, Toronto GM position as, you know, somewhat of uh, a, a, you know, a, a, a job that he would like to do at some point. But I think the timing has to be right for both clubs. And I don't know if it's necessarily right now uh, for the St. Louis Blues to to do that. I, I think that's more of a, a pipe dream here at this yeah. point for a lot of Toronto media, hoping that for whatever reason, there's the belief that uh, the owner of St. Louis just could be like, oh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Leave. I just don't see that happening, man. I really don't. Yeah. And, and that's why when we did our rankings of the top GM candidates, if you go back to the last episode, we none of us had Doug Doug Armstrong just because of that reason. No, um, I yeah, I'm just I'm just finding it very curious that we're only hearing True Living's name. Like, I, it, I, it, it seems to me like honestly, it's like Brad True Living. It's it's his job to lose. Like he essentially would have to come in and butcher his interview, and it would have to go very poorly. And then if that happens, they're going to be sitting there like, oh, who, who else do we have? Do we just give it to Pridham? Like, that's almost what it seems like at this point. Um, I would imagine they will speak with Eric Tolsky, the general manager, the assistant GM out in uh, Carolina. Now that the Hurricanes are, are out of the playoffs, I'm sure, you know, he would be somebody who would be interested in speaking with some teams again and, uh, you know, can probably take a job right away so i would imagine eric tolsky will get an interview here in toronto we haven't heard anything about it but again it's it's expected that at least a few names will be um brought in to to speak about it at, even after brad true living um so it's, he's not expected to be handed the job right away uh, I, I i did hear that there will be some more names that will be brought into the fold and brought into the process just to make sure you know turn over every rock just to make sure um, but ultimately it does seem like their plan A, B, C, D is Brad Trilliving. And, you know, I would have to get to, to plan EFG if, uh, if, if they're looking to, to bring in somebody else into the fold, that's just how it seems at this point. Yeah. It's, I would be, I, I like the first inkling we get of another name will be very interesting. Um, like I know, we also know the Leafs are very, very. They they try their best to keep a lot of things hush hush. Well, they did. I mean, the they did. Yeah, right. they used yeah. to. We'll now see. they like to air all their dirty laundry out with the public. But now we'll all of a sudden, when it suits their needs and suits their benefit, they're probably going to be tight lipped again. I would imagine. Most likely, probably, but I, I'll be very curious to see if they actually do leak any other names like if we hear any other interviews like i you know if you go with i think it's in the nfl they actually like put out statements like teams put out 
yeah, we interview such and such for the GM or head coach. And all. They're yeah. very transparent in the NFL. NHL, not so much. No, transparency, not the forte of the National Hockey League. Um, okay, let's uh, take another break. When we get back, why don't we talk about, you know, is is Brad Trilliving an upgrade over Kyle Dubas? Like, let's dig into him, what he's done, what he's all about, and uh, kind of maybe like a pros and cons list type of thing when it comes to Brad Trilliving. So we'll do that on the other side, Dave. But first, let me tell you all about uh, eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back into the Locked on Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. Uh, we appreciate everyone who has come back and, and who has continued to listen to the show this far in. And if you are new to the podcast, we appreciate you giving us a go. If you are an everyday or and you know who you are, thank you so much again for joining us. Um, we continue our discussion, our conversation about uh, Brad Trilliving, the um, alleged front runner for the Maple Leafs GM job. And to this point, the re only real concrete name we've heard that uh, does have an interview for this GM search here in Toronto I think that Trill Living is going to be in a bit of a tough spot, Dave, because, you know, there's this, a, a large section of the fan base who believes that Kyle Dubas did a good job and did not deserve to be let go. A lot of people felt that Kyle Dubas probably should be, should have came back and should have been the man for the job this season. And uh, he's not, obviously. Brendan Shanahan felt differently about it. And, and in Shanny's words, it was not performance related. Uh, we don't know exactly why this uh, this parting of ways happened. Um, we have our speculations, but ultimately it did happen. And now when Shani looks forward, I mean, like he, he, he has to try and find an upgrade on Dubas. Does he not? Like how badly is this going to look on Shanahan if he just has a downgrade? at the general manager position. Like if they bring in whoever GMX and things start to go south. I mean, Chaney's put himself in a tough spot here where he almost has to hit a home run. Well, it speaks to what a lot of people are wondering is like, does Shanahan really think about what the, what the option two was like option two, three, four, five after Dubas were going to be right. Cause like when you're making this decision, you're not just making the decision to not bring Kyle Dubas back. You're also making the decision of we're going to bring Kyle Dubas back, do not bring Kyle Dubas back and think of this person or that person. Like did, did Shanahan really consider what, what the fallout was going to be from all this, right? Like who, who the other options were going to be. And I, I, I'm sure he did. Like, I don't think he's sitting there saying, yep, nope, Kyle's not coming back. And then he leaves that at that. He's probably like, Kyle's not coming back. Now let me think about if I do don't bring him back, who are the guys that I foresee that I want to target? Like I'm sure he had some inkling when he was doing going through his process of these are the guys I would like to look at. These are the guys I'm thinking about. 
I just hope it just wasn't all right. Well, if Kyle's not coming back, at least I can look at this guy, Brad True living from Calgary. And then it's the like it, I, I'm thinking of like the the meme of Wolverine sitting in his bed with the picture frame and it's Brad True living. Like I just hope that's not what what uh, Shanahan was thinking through all of this. I'm hoping he was thinking, you know what? I think I have a some a few options I can consider here. Because if you're tying yourself to just one, what if Brad Living wasn't even given permission? Because we know that was a possibility too. Like, what were the Leafs going to do in that case as well? Like, that's that's where kind of I'm at. Where you had to have had a grow a, a decent list of options, and we know that he's also been talking to Gary Bettman about options as well. Yeah, I think um, when you look at what I, I realistically though, like Brad Treliving was in the same spot as Kyle Dubas, where his contract was was expiring anyway so he would have been able he still was a free agent whether or not they could talk to him early would have been the the question and ultimately you know they decided to reverse course on that the calgary flames did and they're allowing brad Living to speak to some teams although i thought i heard a report that there's some i don't know controversies the the word here but he may not be able to take part in draft meetings because yeah. he he's been part of the calgary flames draft and because of that uh, it may be against uh, some rules for him to be also be part of uh that draft uh, it's just something that i thought i read or heard somewhere yeah. i i yeah yeah um, I think Eric so Francis that, I think did did didn't did say report that, and I think kind of would be maybe the same for Kyle Dubas, wouldn't it? Because he's would have been a part of the Leafs draft plans too, right? Like I think it's 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 a standard thing I've seen with with uh, you know whether it's an assistant general manager coming over and you know leaving an organization for another one, they're like, okay, you can leave us, but you can't participate in the draft the free agency because you've seen our plans you we've outlined our plans well, I can definitely participate in free agency i can assure you that yeah. they're not going to bring in a new general manager and not let him make decisions on free agency <laughs> and ultimately i think he's also making decisions at the draft i think it's just more of a i don't know for just, it's a it's just it's formality. just a, yeah um Definitely. when we look at brad for living though dave like to you is is there anything that that says okay he he could be an upgrade on Kyle Dubas like if we pull out a, a yellow legal pad and we make a pros and cons list on on Brad Treliving, um w- what type of qualities would you put in the pros category? Oh man, uh, I I would say like first and foremost like Treliving comes in and he's done the job in a Canadian market he's dealt with the shark like he's he's got the experience that the leaves are looking for obviously he's dealt with the high pressure situation of the market but he's also going from calgary to toronto and i understand like people are talking about what he's done in calgary but the the appeal of toronto i hate to say it for flames fans is definitely a lot different than it is in you know in toronto like you can't compare Calgary and Toronto as a market because unfortunately Toronto has a lot more to offer for, for players in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, players are very, you know, they always think about what facility, what the facilities are like, what's the play, what are the, what's the living like? There's a lot of things that the Leafs have done over the years 
to make play make it a desirable place. I understand the media part can be a little bit of a pain, but as a market itself, the Toronto is a definitely a better market than Calgary, a more desirable market. I think that's probably the word I was looking for there. So I think True Living would have that benefit going for him, but I think experience is what what sets him apart because he's been doing this for a very long time. Maybe yeah. not have the greatest track record of success, but he's his his record isn't terrible. I'll say that it's just not as great as I would like it to be. I mean, the the, the Flames ultimately. I mean, this year aside, it was a, a pretty you know tough tough way for things to end for them. But on paper, like it's a pretty well built squad that he's put together. Like it's not as though. We're talking about Jim Benning here, who is another name who, you know, has showed up as a, not a favorite, but he's uh, not, not a long shot on, you know, some of these, these betting websites when they're looking at new lease GMs. Um, Like he's, he did a pretty good job in Calgary. For me, experience clearly is a big factor. And it's something that um, Brendan Shanahan did stress at his press conference was that it would be an attractive asset and quality to have someone with experience. We've heard that they're looking for someone with bite, still looking for someone to define what bite is in terms of uh, a, a general manager. Um, but for me, I think what that means is like someone who's bold and isn't afraid to to make a move here. And that's where I think maybe the biggest quality and asset and you know, the, the sparkle on um, Brad Trilliving is that he has shown the ability to make a big, bold move. I mean, you look at what he did last summer, uh, trading away Matt Kachuk, but bringing in, you know, three big pieces, Jonathan Huberdeau, Mackenzie Weger, first-round pick, and also got a, uh, a prospect as well. I mean, sure, it, it, it worked out much better for, for Florida, Ultimately, clearly, they're in the cup final. But think back to what you were saying about that trade and and how much you were praising Brad Trilliving for getting himself out of that sticky situation where Goudreau up and leaves, and then you got your other star player sitting there saying, yeah, I don't know if I want to be here either. Here's a list of teams that I'd like to sign with. Uh, why don't you try and trade me, and you know I'll do a sign and trade and get as much as you can. And ultimately... He did that. He made the big bold trade, a blockbuster trade with uh, with well, his superstar Matt Kachuk. And if the Maple Leafs are looking to do something similar, which I believe they should be, there's somewhat of a conflicting report out there that Shanahan has uh, led the Stars to believe that he wants to run it back. Um, I, I'm not as certain that that's a sure thing as it is maybe a suggestion. Um, but if they do make a deal and they do move off from one of these core four players, Brad Trilliving has experience and has made that bold move before and knows how to kind of get it done. Cause it's not like it took him a while either, right? Like that, that was done within a week of Goudreau leaving and, and a week of Kachuk saying, I, I'm not going to sign here long-term. Here's a list of teams that I go to see if he can figure something out. Didn't take that long. And he got uh, a, a great haul back for Matt Kachuk. Again, I understand what Kachuk is doing right now. And he went on to do good things for Florida and they're in a cup final. But that doesn't mean that that trade was was a bad one. Um, ultimately, it was, it was still a trade that 
got them some some solid pieces. So if if they're looking for a guy who's got bite, who can make a big bull trade, who has experience, all that falls under the the name of Jason Bottle, like or uh, Jason Bottle, uh, bad tree living. Um, it's nine years he spent as a general manager in uh, in Calgary, and he's been uh, an AGM uh, before that. He's been a, a, an AGM or a general manager in the AHL slash NHL. He has managerial experience since 2003, 2002, actually. Since 2002, he's been an AGM or a GM. Um, started out in the Phoenix uh, system out in Arizona, and then obviously got the job in, in Calgary back in 14-15 and has been the GM there ever since and before finally stepping away this past season. So, you know, there's there's some co- some pros there, obviously, to bringing in uh, Brad Trilliving. But there's a couple cons, too, I would say, Dave. What's what's something that kind of worries you about Brad Trilliving? His track record with coaching hires hasn't exactly been the greatest, right? Yeah. Like his most recent hire, Daryl Sutter, didn't last long because the, the, the team was just like, we don't like him. Like the players are like, we're not coming back if Daryl Sutter is still the coach. Yeah. Uh, so like, and he, you know, he's the one that hired Bill Peters during that saga where, you know, there were some issues with what he has done in the past. And they had to, you know, there was that whole sticky situation where he resigned, but the Flames were pretty much forced to kind of get rid of him. Uh, Jeff Ward. That didn't go. I mean, it went okay, but it didn't go the way they planned it. Glenn Gullitson, I remember that one was being a disaster. But like the Flames have have had some, like they've had quite a few coaches during the Brad Chaliving time. I think he had, I think five, six coaches, five or six coaches during his period as a Flames GM. Yeah, I mean the Brad Peters or the the Peters Bill thing Peters. was Bill Peters thing was. Not necessarily his, because I don't, I don't recall Bill Peters and that whole situation, because that was the Kimalu thing, right? Yeah, it happened Peters? before he got to Calgary. Like it didn't happen while he was in Calgary, but it's something that when you're doing a head coaching search and you're like checking on guys, you want to make sure there's no skeletons in the closet, and that was something that came about that you, you kind of would have liked to have figure it out before yeah, sure. you don't have to do that but yeah at the same time i will say about the head coaching thing he did hire two coaches that had won the jack adams which was daryl setter and bob hartley right and i was just about to say that i was like it didn't go well for daryl this year but if i'm not mistaken he did yeah. also win coach of the year last season so yeah. <laughs> you know it, it's it's the coaching is so finicky. I think we 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 know that oh so well. But certainly that is something that uh, that does get looked at when you're looking at Brad Living's track record as a general manager. Something else that I think uh, I think that we can't you know quite I guess uh, overlook is the fact that Toronto's in a situation where they need to bring back a couple of superstars in uh, Austin Matthews and William Nylander, and they're all going into their final year of their contract. And this is the guy who's going to have to negotiate those deals, I guess, to, to retain them and, and extend them. I don't know if you recall what happened last time they had two uh, core pieces out in Calgary who are going into their final contracts, uh, final year, of their contracts, but 
He let one walk in Johnny Goudreau, could not get him extended, let him walk to Columbus for less money. And then, uh, obviously, the Kachuk situation, um, he didn't want to come back either, couldn't convince him to stay, so he had to make a trade and and move on from him. And and I think that's the one thing that has kind of crept up as, as somewhat of a concern. Like, what's this guy – like, how is he as a, a salesman? Like, if he couldn't sell – um, Goudreau and he couldn't sell Kachuk on staying. Is he going to be able to sell Matthews and Marner and and Nylander on on staying in Toronto or whoever of these core members end up sticking around? Like, can he sell them that they can get this thing done? Because uh, there's a little bit of a history of you know star players leaving. Again, big difference though between Calgary, Alberta in Toronto, Ontario. I, I don't yeah. think we can uh, state that enough, but it just is part of the track record of Brad Living that eh, he's kind of let some guys walk in the past um, that were considered core pieces for his club. Yeah, no, and that's that's always something that people are going to bring to. I mean, the Kachuk one, he, uh, the, the thing that they didn't do was they didn't give him the commitment right away. I remember, If you remember, they made him do a bridge deal um and that basically led to that situation where he walked where he's like well now i want to go somewhere else right well, in toronto i'm technically uh, matthews is in the same boat yeah well i mean matthews didn't get a bridge deal per se but i think what what i will say about it is true living has been through it and he doesn't want to probably doesn't want to deal with that again right he probably learned his lesson in a way where you know what i got some guys here that and, and look, I guarantee Brendan Shannon's just like, we want these guys to stay, figure out a way to get it done, right? Like, I, I think that's going to probably be the mandate there in a lot of ways. So I think truly, like, if you're Ratchet Living, you're not going to try to nickel and dime Austin Matthews that much. Like, if there's anything, any way that you're going to try to fix it, yeah, you don't want, some players are going to be like, oh, we're going to make sure we take advantage of the new situation. I think that's probably what the agents are going to do. Not so much the players, the agents, that's their job. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not an easy situation for, uh, for Brad to walk into, but I also think, you know what, he's in, he's in a position where he's experienced it and he knows probably what he would do differently the second go around. And he'll have a second, if it happens, he'll have a second chance at it. And uh, the other thing here, Dave, he's never gotten out of the second round either. Like that, that is true. Either he or Kyle Dubas have proven to build a team that can get out of the second round. And then that's that. That was something when when we discussed like about like when we're talking about okay, is Tri living a uh, upgrade on Dubas? Well, he's got the same issues that Kyle Dubas has had where. Uh, getting out of the second round has been a challenge, you know? Okay, yeah. One year he ran into the two-headed monster of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. I'll give him that. Then over the course of the nine years that he's been the general manager of the Calgary Flames, he has a grand total of two series wins. Yeah. Toronto has one series win in that time. Just two series wins, but that's also a much larger time period. Yeah. Nine years as opposed to five. Yeah. So this is this is again the situation where if you're the Leafs, your biggest hump has been the playoffs. We we've seen, as you just mentioned, 
Brad Schilling's Calgary Flames have had no issues getting into the playoffs and getting past round one. But can he is he the GM that's going to be able to build a team that can do what the Florida Panthers are doing right now, what the Vegas Golden Knights are are currently doing? Like, can he get that team to play to that next level? And that's where I, I've always had my reservations on true living and talking to some people I know out in Calgary um, that cover the Flames. That's that's the set. That's the sense I'm getting as well, where it's just like we've seen it. Like Leafs fans and Flames fans have been through similar misery. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know if that's something that Leafs fans want to, are going to be too comfortable with. Yeah. Like I was speaking with um, Julian McKenzie of The Athletic, also host of the Chris Johnston show on SDPN. And uh, when I asked him, you know, what was, what, what, what did Flames fans think of Trilliving and, and what he did in, in Calgary? He's like, yeah, I mean, he did fine. I was like, oh, he did fine. He was like, yeah, you're fine. I'm like, that doesn't sound overly great <laughs> to hear. Yeah, he's okay. He did fine. He's just, all okay. right. You know, he got the team into the playoffs pretty well every every year. And, you know, he was they, they were competitive. They had a couple of years here where it felt like there should have been more and they should have played longer, but ultimately it didn't happen. Um, the one other pro, actually, that I did want to mention is um, – he must be a decent salesman because Calgary's done a, a lot of free agent signing. Like yeah. they've been able to bring in a lot of guys from the unrestricted free agent market and bring them in like Jacob Markstrom. They brought in and, and outside of this year, he had been rock solid, you know, Chris Tanev, Tyler Toffoli, um, Nazem Kadri was a the guy they brought in this year. Uh, so they've done a really good job of, of also um, getting some things done in free agency. So he's definitely not afraid to pull a trigger there. If he feels like there's a, a player to be had that could be an upgrade for his club, he has in the past found a way to, to make that happen in free agency on July 1st. So we'll see if uh, we'll see if tree living can be an upgrade. I mean, I guess the job's not his yet, but According to everyone that we're reading and hearing from, the job is his to lose. So uh, we'll see how things go. I'm sure some more names will start to leak out as to who the Maple Leafs will target uh, and look to talk to. So we will get that information to you when it comes. But uh, that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. Uh, I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On These podcast on all podcasts and platforms. Also up on YouTube, uh, receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti in the show as well at Locked On Leafs. We'll be back with another episode for you guys tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.